Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Alrighty then, let's do this. Hello everyone, welcome to the Nasty Woman Club. I am your host, Demi Lynch, and I'm sorry I haven't been in your ears for a while. Long story short, my mental health has been a hot mess, so I had to take an unexpected break with the podcast. But everything's all good now. I'm starting round two of my mental health journey. I found a new doctor, one that's not fat phobic, one that's actually nice. So hopefully I can progress from there and actually have a better handle on my mental health issues. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed there. But this podcast is not about me. This podcast is about one of my favorite topics that I love, love to rant about. And that is dating. I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? Who, the white knight? That only happens in fairy tales. My hair hurts. Charlotte, honey, did you ever think that maybe we're the white knights and we're the ones that have to save ourselves? Now look, there are many, many, many elements of dating that we can look at on today's episode, but I think today's focus, it's gonna be looking at the shittiness of the dating world. In particular, good old dating apps. Mm-hmm, and mediocre dates. And why am I talking about this on today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club? Well, my guest on today's show is this woman named Amanda Starkey, and she has written a book called One Million Flavors. In the book, she talks about her horrible dating experiences. She talks about the men <laughs> that she's had to deal with. And look, the reason why I want to talk about this as well is because I think that so many people out there, particularly women, feel very lonely. They think that, am I just attracting all the douchebags out there? Am I just a douchebag magnet, essentially? I hope this conversation with Amanda, and I hope her book as well, One Million Flavors, makes women feel less alone and makes them realize that they're not the only ones experiencing the douchebagginess of dating world. Anyway, I can go on a big rant about dating, but I think I shall go to our conversation with Amanda as we talk about topics of the dating world from unsolicited dick pics to toxic relationships to social media allowing us to curate our own online personalities. This is Amanda Starkey. Hi. Hi there. Thank you so much for letting me chat to you so I can like talk to you today about your book and then about everything going on at the moment. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm um, I'm excited to talk to you and I'm, I'm glad that you liked it. Yes, I did like it. Yes. You know what it felt like? It felt like I was just having like a conversation with one of my girlfriends <laughs> and we're just talking shit about mediocre men. So it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been told like um, that I do write like I'm actually just talking to you. <laughs> yeah, very conversational, which is good because you don't want like, I think that's that, like what you want with this type of topic. I think that's what you need. Yeah. Just like to the point talking as is happening like kind of like um like as you go through each of the dating stories it's kind of like you just got like a little commentary going on in your head which very relatable because I have one going on in my head all the time that will not stop a lot of that is like thinking at the time where I was like is this guy for real right now is he not monitoring his own behavior is he not that self-aware that 
like seriously like I just it amazes me um and so a lot of it is my own sort of internal monologue of me just going okay <laughs> let's process what's going on here right now yeah <laughs> Okay, so you were saying that it all started because your friends were like telling you like you should write a book because you have all these stories. So how did that then translate to you then? You had all these stories in your head. How did you try to remember all these guys and all these stories? Because I can, I struggle just to remember some of the guys that I've been with in the past. How the hell did you do this and put it into a book? Well, it started off sort of as a blog originally about five years ago. I, I kind of, I left a pretty toxic relationship and I'm an artist and what we do when we're going through traumatic experiences, we, we write, we create art. Mm. Um, so some of them had happened, like I'd written them like generally the day after because that's when my sort of memory was pretty fresh. And then some of the newer ones that happened in Melbourne, I just had this insane memory. I just remember stuff. And then I think because I've told a couple of people a couple of times and they're like, what? I kind of remember it really well. So it's, it's a tough one, like to sit down and, and write something and try and remember. And I've probably left out a couple of details, but that's, you know, artistic license. For me, it was just, it started off as just this whole, just getting things off my chest. And then a couple of people started reading them and they were like, oh my God, this is really funny. And it's really good. And it it doesn't make me feel so alone in the dating world anymore. So um, yeah, I guess that's just how I write. I just remember a lot of stuff really well and in, and in detail. And then, yeah, a lot of it is, is also written fresh at the time as well. So then since you said that you're writing some of it very fresh, so I'm guessing like, you know, as you're going on dates, were you then thinking, oh, fuck, this date is so shit. Oh, well, this would be good content. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh, you're a rubbish of a guy. What are you doing right now? Oh, I'll, I'll just put you in a book. <laughs> it's funny, like it kind of, when I first started going on these really terrible dates, I kind of didn't start off thinking that way. But then it got to a stage where um, there were so many bad dates. I could almost predict when a date was going to be awful just by a guy's behavior. Like there were just patterns in, in their behavior where I could go, yeah, I think this guy's probably not going to be a great date, but hey, I, I don't want to judge. Let's just go anyway and see how it pans out because, you know, you don't know until you meet somebody. Everything's kind of a, a figment of your own imagination until you actually meet somebody. So a lot of the time I was like, yeah, I probably should exit stage left right now, but that's okay. I'll write about it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of my friends, um, I got to a stage where they were enjoying them so much. The stories, like, because I was writing them on my blog and then posting yeah. them on Facebook. Um, a lot of my friends were like, if I put a status update, it was like going on a date tonight. My friends are like, oh, read about it later. So <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of, it just kind of got, grew a lot bigger than I thought it would ever be, you know, starting as a therapy kind of thing. And then just something that was just a source of entertainment for a lot of people, you know. Because the dating world can sometimes feel really lonely, especially if you just keep landing dud dates and you just keep thinking like, you know, every single person has had that thought in their head. They think, oh, is it me? Is this is why I keep ending up with dates with guys that, you know, ghost me after one date or that call me a fat slut if I say no to them? Like, is it me? Is this like, am I, am I just like this, um, like a light attracting all these bad moths kind of thing? Like, I think it's really great that what you're doing because it makes people feel less alone because so many of us have those thoughts. At first I was like, well, is this just me? Is there something wrong with me? And it can be, you know, online dating, it's kind of like we're reverse engineering the whole courting courtship process. 20 years ago, or even 10 years ago, before Facebook, before, you know, Tinder or whatever, any of those, 
you'd go to a bar and you'd meet someone and you could tell by body language and tone of their voice, you could tell that they liked you. So you had that chemistry. Whereas now we're kind of doing it the backwards way. Um, and we're trying to reverse engineer like, oh, I like your photo, but let's try and reverse engineer chemistry um, because I don't understand text in tone and things like that. Um, so I kind of, at first I was like, is this just me? And a lot of my friends were like, wow, you're a real magnet for these kinds of like really bad mediocre <laughs> And I'm like, but then when I started writing, a lot of my friends were like, well, actually, I've had some pretty bad dates. And then I started thinking, well, is it just, you know, men in my area? But then I moved cities and no, it wasn't men in my area. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, I've got an American friend and he started telling me a really terrible story the other day. He's like, so it's not just men in your area. It's kind of men everywhere that are just because of online dating, they can be who they want to be and they can sort of create this whole persona. And there's not a whole lot you can do about that until you sort of meet them. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of glad that I'm not alone in this. And my friends can stop, you know, teasing me for being a bit of a a douchebag magnet. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel better, but I'm also, I'm I'm hoping that other women will also go, oh, okay, so you've also gone through this as well. We kind of all are in this together. So unspoken that no one's really having these conversations and going, wow, what's going on out there these days, you know? It is like what you said, like it is reversed with how we're dating now because with your Tinder profile or whatever dating profile, it's so orchestrated. Like you can just write whatever you want. Like there's nothing, like say if you say, I have a passion for the arts, there's nothing that can prove that you do or you don't. You can write whatever you want, whatever you think is going to get you laid, I guess, for some people. Like say I'm into art history. And if I start telling a guy that I'm into art history or I'm into photography or whatever like that, it's so easy for him online. Like if I was in person with a guy and he's going, I'm into art history, I'd start questioning him and going, okay, so tell me about your favourite artist. And because he hasn't got Google in front of him, he can't lie. Whereas now with online dating, you're on Tinder. Okay, so she's into art history. I'll just go and Google like 10 top 10 artists and I'll start talking about that. So you can really, I guess, curate your own online personality which can be really dangerous and can be really scary. Like one of those stories I had in the book where the guy shoplifted during the date. I didn't know any of that about him. I didn't know that he had a criminal past. Mm. Um, He kind of curated his own personality so that I would like him. And I think that's really unfair that, you know, it took away my choice of whether or not I wanted to date someone that, you know, had a criminal record. So I think we need to, you know, be really careful about who we do date but also making sure that we're not dating people that have curated their personalities as well. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Do you also feel like as you've been writing these dating stories, obviously they go across several years. Do you notice that a change in your confidence levels? Like, do you feel like you're stronger to say no to a guy or to walk out on the guy if they're just being a dickhead or anything like that? I wish when I was younger, I had that self-confidence just to stand up to a guy if I wasn't interested instead of just feeling like, oh, I've got to please them. Like, have you felt as you've been going through your dating stories, you've become more confident in yourself to say no? I think so. I think that's something that comes with age. Some of those early stories were written when I was in my, like they happened to me when I was in my 20s. And I think as a woman in your 20s, you don't have quite that level of confidence as you do because I'm now 40. And I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten um, more confident in just saying, you know what, this is not a place where I want to be right now. But also I think initially when I first came out of that toxic relationship, 
I had a lot of self-esteem issues because, you know, the guy was a narcissist and he'd, he'd really brought down my self-esteem to a really low level. And I just wanted to feel validated. And so I think for me, as I started some of those earlier stories, like where I probably should have left the date, that me that was coming in from that toxic relationship didn't leave that date because I just felt like I wanted some validation from guys. But then as I started to grow and move away from that trauma and started to heal, I started to gain a lot more confidence as well. So I think it's kind of, it's an age thing, but it's also, um, you know, you grow as a person and you start to recognize, okay, this isn't satisfying me or this isn't okay. And I need to have the self-confidence to go, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to walk away. Um, and I think you sort of see like through the stories as I, I kind of, it's kind of an evolution process of me as a person going from like this person who's seeking validation from guys because I was something I didn't have in my previous relationship to someone who's just gone, this isn't serving me. I'm just going to leave. And I think I noticed that as I was writing them, I was like, wow, I've actually really grown as even like to the, one of the final stories where I'm like, there was a guy and he didn't even look like he'd had a bath in a week. And I didn't even entertain it. I just walked away. I was just like, you know what? No, this is, I'm not going to put myself through two or three hours at this guy who hasn't even shown me the respect to have a shower and comb his hair. I'm not going to put myself through that because I know it's not going to be a good experience. I've learned and I've grown and just, and I also had a lot of outside input from people where they'd sort of go, oh, you should give that guy a chance. And like the guy, one of the very first stories about the guy who cooked the really awful dinner. Um, yes. Probably, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, I probably shouldn't have given him three dates because I could sort of, in my own sort of sense, I could tell, I'm a very worldly person. Like I've traveled, I've been to over 40 countries. I'm kind of looking for someone on that same intellect level. And it's fine that he's, you know, a bit of a homebody. That's his journey, whatever. But knowing that that's what I'm looking for, I probably shouldn't have gone out with him a third time. But my friends kept on saying to me, oh, you know, you're, you're being really judgmental. He could be a really nice guy. So I think we don't always listen to our own inner voice and we don't always listen to our own intuition and we kind of let that get quashed by people as well. So I think it's kind of a bit of, a bit of everything. It's a bit of an age and sort of like learning to listen to your intuition. So mm. yeah. It was just really nice to see that journey through the book, like how, yeah, you're starting to like at the beginning, like, you know, you said like you went on three dates and then later on, it's just like, nah, nah, that's a red flag. Nope. Red flag. Nope. I'm abort, 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 abort. Getting away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then something else throughout the book you have. So you got these little stories and then you also have, I'm going to bring up this slide because I'm showing, I'm going to read you out my favorites of online dating personas <laughs> that are just <laughs> genius, that are just genius. Okay. I'm going to read a few just so the readers, just so the listeners don't get too much of a spoilers because as you're reading through the book and you come up through this random dating persona, it just, it's freaking funny. So where is my favorite? I think my favorite would have to be the dick doctor so you describe the dick doctor as someone that feels like every woman in existence needs to see his dick sends photos of his dick unsolicited but calls you a slut <laughs> <laughs> what made you decide to not only include your dating stories what made you decide to also include some of the men that many women would encounter during dating I think it came from a bit of a, a humorous point of view, um, you know, because when I talk to my friends, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of guys that have these personalities. And the dick doctor I actually wrote that because a guy from um, some other country actually sent me a photo of his dick. Just like, I think this is only a few days after you and I spoke first. Mm. And he was like, oh, 
you have pictures of men on your Facebook. And he'd gone back 10 years through my Facebook history, which like to stuff that I'd made like public 10 years ago, which I uh -huh. now have everything. And he's gone, you have pictures of men. You must like dick. Here is my dick. And I'm like, what? Seriously, what? what? And I'm, I, don't, I don't know you. And then he's like, but you are slut. You like pictures of men. I'm like, oh my, because he was foreign. So that's how imagine he talked. That's my yeah. inner monologue. And I was like, I didn't say that I liked you though. Um, what? He's like, but all women sluts must see my dick. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, what? And I've had like I've had an, enough dick photos sent to me that I could do a coffee table book. Um, like <laughs> ridiculous. that would be a scary book. That would give a lot of people nightmares. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> nightmares. I'm like what who who thinks that this is what I want to see um and I, I don't know you you're sending me something that's very intimate and very personal and you're a stranger where are your mm. boundaries like I have boundaries you know and safety measures and I don't give out my cell phone number unless I've met you like why are you sending me your genitalia for goodness sakes I just don't get it yeah like that's really baffles me. Like, it's just so many things that confuse me about unsolicited dick pics. Like, you know, there's all these conversations now about people saying like, oh, I'm, I, don't, I don't want people to see my private information. I don't want them to know where, my, where I live. I don't want Facebook to know this and this and that. But yet they send dick pics to people that they've never met, that never spoken to, to strangers across the world. Like, like right. it's just so weird. People are so obsessed with like, you know, making sure social media doesn't take their private information, that Facebook isn't listening to their conversations, but yet you send random dick pics to people. What? And also, how do you ascertain from just a small thumbnail sized photo of me that I'm a slut and I need to see your dick? This happens so many times. And I mean, now it's only slow down because I think guys are starting to get the message that this is not okay. Hmm. Um, but you know, there's still guys out there where they're like, I don't think they understand that, you know, as a woman, I live in fear of things happening to me constantly. And this is all women, not just me, you know, mm -hmm. um, walking home safely or, you know, um, going to a nightclub on my own or things like that. Inviting guys to my house. If I haven't ever met them, I have a certain level of safety that I like to maintain. And by guys sending me their private personal information, I feel very uncomfortable by that. And, you know, like just the other day I had a guy like he, I, he contacted me on the dating app Plenty of Fish and I wasn't attracted to him. So I thought, well, I'm not, not going to waste my time. Mm. Um, so I didn't reply. And then a few days later he had, he contacted, contacted me on Facebook and it came into my DMs and I was like, um, do I say something to this guy? And so I sort of left it for a couple of days. And I was like, huh. and I felt really uncomfortable that somehow this guy had reversed image search me. Cause I'd never given him my information. I'd never even spoken to him. Oh my God. Had, yeah, it, it, and it's very scary. Like he reverse image searched my photo, obviously found me. Um, Cause I mean, I have a profile name and whatever. So I don't have my real name on any of these dating apps. Hmm. Somehow hmm. found me and then messaged me. And I, and I was like, I left it for a few days. I'm like, no, actually I think this guy needs to be told off. And so I, I sort of said to him, like, I'm sorry, do I know you? And he's like, yeah, you do. And I'm like, no, I don't believe I do. And he's like, oh, um, but I'm on Plenty of Fish and I messaged you there. I'm like, yeah, but did I reply? And he was like, no. I'm like, so why do you feel that it was appropriate to, you know, invade my privacy and contact me by here? And he's like, oh, but you literally came up as people I may know. And I'm like, 
no, I wouldn't come up as people I may know because that only happens if someone gives you their cell phone number or you have mutual friends and you don't have my cell phone number and we don't have mutual friends. So I feel really uncomfortable and really scared that you've done this. I don't think he could actually understand just how scary it was for me that mm. this guy had suddenly mm. found my, and, and without no, and I said to him, you know, don't do this without someone's consent. It's not okay. Um, and I just don't think he actually understood how scary it was. Uh, but I thought, you know what, he does need to be told off and he does need to have someone make him aware of how inappropriate it actually is. So I was like, oh, wow, um, this really scares me that someone would go to that level, even though they haven't been given any encouragement to do that. It seems to just be that a lot of men out there just cannot handle the idea of rejection. And I think that seems to be the main issue. Like, you know, that's why we get called derogatory words if we reject a man. That's why, you know, they make the extra effort to communicate you in other ways if you ignore them or say no or tell them to go away through another form of communication. Like, what do you think men need to do about this whole idea with rejection? And that it's, everyday life thing you're gonna get rejected in every day of your life like like you know you're adult men if you're an adult man like you need to understand rejection that's you're gonna experience that whether it's work or family relationships like it's just frustrating I just don't haven't grasped that yet yeah I think um I think there's a couple of things I think as women we're not having these conversations that men are doing this to us so normally you know in like years ago if you had told like if I had a man come up to me and say something to me in my at my face that was abusive or not okay, my male friends would step in and, and, you know, sort of police that for me, Mm. you know? Um, And I did have that happen a lot of times as a younger woman, when I'd go out to nightclubs and some guy would say something like seriously inappropriate. And my friends would say, again, and we're going to take you outside. But men aren't, because it's happening a lot on on our screens um, and we're not having conversations and men can just, you know, unmatch so easily. There's no policing of it. So it's no responsibility like, you know, this weekend I had a guy call me a bitch because I said no. Um, and then I had another guy and this guy looked about 50. So he's not a kid, you know, mm. he should know better. And I actually spoke to a few other people that had had encounters with him. Um, and he said to me to pull my fingers out my twat, fuck off, because he only said hello. And I'm a fat slut that needs to lose some weight. And I was like, because I said wow. no. All I said, sorry, I'm not interested. Thank you very much. And I was like super polite. I didn't have to be super polite, but you know, a lot of girls said, look, he's been on dating apps, been abusing women for years. And I was like, you know, he's getting away with this because nobody's policing this. And as women, we need to start having more conversations, start outing some of these guys, not like there are on Facebook, a lot of secret groups that are women only where like this are kind of shamed, but those groups should be, I think a lot of this stuff needs to now come out into the public. Um, because this kind of abuse it's not okay I'm going to get rejected you're going to get rejected everyone's going to get rejected at some point in their life but it doesn't give you permission to be abusive and I think that also you know with society with Hollywood movies you see a lot of these unrealistic scenarios where you know like Seth Rogen gets together with Charlize Theron and they you know and it's like you know what no life's not like that life's not a Seth Rogen movie you're not going to get the girl every single time just because you're you and, you know, and I said to that guy that told me to pull my fingers out, I said, well, you know what, right now, my fingers seem like a better option than you. And you really need to stop and think about why you feel like it's okay to abuse women who reject you. 
Ever wonder what's up with those Asian women who only date white men? Or why Asian people have a weird relationship to mental illness? Or how about sexual empowerment and what it means for Asian women? Well, listen up, everyone. I'm Jessie Too. And I'm Helen Stenbeck. And we're two sisters based in Sydney, Australia. On our podcast, Asian Bitches Down Under, we explore issues of race, gender and culture through our unique 1.5 generation lens. I'm a journalist and novelist, a book critic for The Age and Sydney Morning Herald. And in my writing and critical analysis, I focus on the subtle racism and sexism found in our books, arts and films. I'm a community volunteer with a social science and linguistic background. I'm also a mom of two human kids, two fur babies, aka Labradors. I believe intersectional feminism is an evolving concept. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, to a new topic, I have to ask your opinion on a certain man that has become famous for all the wrong reasons, the Bondi Man. Were you as unsurprised as I was when you heard about the stories of the Bondi Man? I think the only thing that surprised me was that only 30 women came out and said that he'd harassed them. I think there's probably hundreds more. Yeah. And I think I think that definitely, um, and you know, the guy is a good looking guy, but he's obviously been taught the wrong coping mechanisms when it comes to being rejected. Mm. And I was not surprised at all. I was like, oh my God, this happens to me daily, like daily. And I think the numbers are probably a lot greater than the women that have had the courage to speak up. But I think those women that haven't had the courage to speak up are probably scared because, you know, then you're labeled as being, you know, not a nice girl. Um, and we're all scared of that tag. Once you get that tag as being a nasty girl, it's very hard to get a, get rid of. But I think, you know, it happens so much and it's almost normalised. I think my final story in the book where I talk about my friend Tony, with him, I was taken aback by the fact that he was sending me these nice messages just to make me feel nice as a human being. One of the things I say to him is abuse is so normalised that I literally do not know how to respond when someone's nice to me. You know, um, can I can fight off all the abusive guys in the world, but when someone's nice, what do I do? I think that guy, he said in his apology that, um, oh, that's not him. He's not that person. But clearly you are, buddy. If there's more than 30 women that have had to deal with this from you, clearly that is you as a person. And you need to maybe evaluate yourself and get some help. So I have to ask from writing this book and, you know, staying on the dating apps, You've used this word in the book that I, I'm going to steal, by the way, which I really love, digitally hung over. Do you ever feel <laughs> like that when you're ever, I'm pretty sure every single woman has done this. Like, you know, they be on Tinder for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then you're just like, nah, I'm give up. Nah, I'm leaving it. And then you download it the next day. Have you experienced that like by writing out the book and like, you know, pretty much reliving the experiences of these mediocre, horrible dates? Like, how's that been going? Yeah, I've sort of, especially now with lockdown, I've sort of stopped using some of the apps because I just, I feel like it gets to a stage where you start talking to a guy and you're almost kind of waiting for that moment when he shows himself to be a complete loser. Yeah. You know, when he either ghosts or he says something inappropriate or he sends you a disgusting photo or he makes you feel uncomfortable, it's almost like it's exhausting because you're kind of just waiting for, okay, when's that moment when he actually kind of just reveals who he actually is. And I think that dating apps let you hide to an extent and let you curate yourself to an extent, but eventually it all just 
you know, comes out and it is exhausting. So I, I do feel it's sometimes like it is like going out on a massive night of drinking and then just going, yes. Yep. You're just like, why did I put myself through this? Never again. And then next minute you do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So then the last question I have for you then with dating, because you are, you know, you, you're being harassed so often when you're not even dating, like, you know, when you're on Facebook or any, any other social media platform, people will harass you. Sometimes they will send un, unsolicited dick pics. It's not great experience. And that can really have an impact on your mental health. So as someone that has been in the dating world that has experienced people from what is it people from the serious pro the serial profile to the dick doctor to the I'm never on here person how do you deal with all that without letting it impact your mental health I think as women um, we can become really resilient to this kind of thing I mean I've been dealing with this well before tinder like I tried to sell a, a couch once on gumtree and had a guy messaging me asking me out um, I recently tried to sell a refrigerator and had the guy asking me for a coffee. And I'm like, for real? Um, guys on my LinkedIn profile, which is my personal business profile, have tried to ask me out. Yes, what's um, with LinkedIn? Yes, oh I've had re- I've had even my website. I've had like today I got a, a message through my professional website and they said, Hi, I'm a shy guy. How are you? It's like, what? This isn't a dating platform. Where would you come from? Yes, but yes, they just come out of nowhere. But yes, continue. <laughs> yeah, they do. They really do come out of nowhere. And I think because we are so conditioned to this from such a young age that, yeah, it's it's disappointing and sometimes shocking. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to sell a fridge. I'm, I'm not looking for a boyfriend, like, for real. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, I think because we are always on guard our entire lives, um, and we're taught to be on guard our entire lives. It, yeah, it's exhausting, but I think it's something that just becomes ingrained in us. So I think the whole introduction of dating apps is just another level of all of this sort of thing, a part of what it is being a woman. And I don't, I don't think that it's an acceptable part of being a woman. Like I should be able to sell a fridge without having some creeper harass me, but it's not coming just from the dating apps. You know, someone recently, and this was really quite scary, someone recently, I put up a a landscape photograph on a um, photography forum on Facebook. And then I had this guy who was quite a lot older than me, go through all of my, because everything's private, go through all of my, my information, looking for something that was public, found something was public and then messaged me to trying to relate to me tra- talking about this this little piece of information that he'd found mm. and this was like just from me putting up a photo of a landscape to show some people a place that I'd been to so I think yeah the dating apps are exhausting but life as a woman in general is pretty exhausting sometimes especially with like the digital world you don't have to even encourage men these days like I was like seriously it's a, it's a landscape photo. What in, in that landscape photo has told you that, yes, this woman is single and she wants me to contact her and then she wants me to go and find out as much information as I can. And he was talking to me about stuff that was, um, I had one public post yeah, and it was something that was quite private. And I was like, how is this guy getting this information? And I think that men don't realize just how scary it is to be constantly accosted on all levels, not just dating apps, on all levels everywhere without our permission you know like years ago it used to be you know you do it in person hey how's it going you know what no go away kind of thing and now it's just like oh, I'm just gonna you know shoot my best shot and it might land 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's it's exhausting. But I think because we are so conditioned to this as, at such a young age, and if you talk to any woman, I think her first inappropriate in, encounter with a woman, oh, sorry, with a man, probably started when she was a child. Yeah. You know, um, I think that we are so conditioned and we're trained by our mothers how to deal with this that our mental health um, probably is, is pretty well equipped to deal with this. You know, I do get frustrated and I do get annoyed and I do like, like, oh my God, seriously? How, how is a landscape photo sexual thing? Like, is this guy for real? It does kind of make me angry sometimes, but then I think I'm so well equipped because I've been dealing with this since I was a child Yeah, that my mental health is pretty okay. You know, and also a lot of the time I'm just waiting for that moment when a guy on a dating app disappoints me. And I think that's really sad um, <laughs> to know that that eventually he's going to be mediocre. That's really sad yeah. that it's a funnel for all the mediocre guys. But I think if you sort of look at it that way as well, um, it can't. It doesn't have to affect you that much. And also, I mean, I use a lot of humor. Like some of my stories, when you read them and you're reading that internal monologue that's going through my head, it's quite funny. So I use a lot of humor to diffuse things. And when I was telling these stories to my friends, my friends were like, "Oh my god, you're really funny." Um, and I'm, and they were really glad that you can take this and you can laugh at it, because you know you either get to make you get a choice in life. You either become a victim. Or you become a survivor and, you know, you can go through life and go, why me? And, and, and be that victim. Or you can just know what, you know what? Yeah, it's shit. Yeah, these guys are idiots. Yeah, they're mediocre. Um, I don't know how some of them thought that I would want a second date with them. That's ludicrous. But um, if I have a laugh at it, then it kind of diffuses that anger and it kind of, you know, n- negates all of those bad feelings. Yeah. You know, especially like the guy that shoplifted. I, I could be super angry about that. But, you know, if I turn it into something that's funny, I also take away his power and his power to affect me and make me feel bad. You know, and I think that's a big thing too. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Amanda Starkey. Her book, One Million Flavors, is available at blurb.com. The link will be in today's show notes. I also highly recommend that you follow her on Instagram as well, One Million Flavors. But now, before I conclude this episode, I do have a very exciting announcement I would like to make. Amanda and I are collaborating together to create a second book for One Million Flavors. That is right. We are collecting dating nightmare stories. We are going to put together a book that features other women's stories of dating nightmares from the weird messages you get from on dating apps to other social media platforms like we want screenshots people send us some screenshots of the online abuse that you receive from men or the weird questionable messages you receive from complete strangers send them along to us because we would love to put together a book just so people can really see right in front of them how fucked up the dating world is right now and how normalized online abuse is So that's what we're trying to do. So feel free to DM me on Instagram or also feel free to email me or Amanda. Our emails will be in today's show notes. And yes, message us away with your stories of dating nightmares. We really want to showcase that women out there in the dating world are not alone. We really want to do that. So send us away, send us these messages. And yes, I will keep you updated with the progress of this book. I'm 
really excited to work with Amanda on this. And yes, cannot wait to hear all your stories. For more information on The Nasty Woman Club, make sure you head on over to thenastywomanclub.com and also The Nasty Woman Club on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you also subscribe to The Nasty Woman Club podcast so you can stay up to date with the latest episodes coming out every Tuesday. That's it for today's episode. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you next week on Tuesday for another episode of The Nasty Woman Club.